we are going to continue in a sermon series that we've been in. It's simply called Priorities, Doing the First Things First. And it's a really important sermon series, and we have learned that in the Christian life, your number one priority, your number one priority must be God. Now, this priority list that we're going through, it not only is for the Christian, this is, this is, for, this is for everyone, even non-believers. If God is not your first priority, things are going to get off track. God has to be your number one priority. Second priority that we had looked at is family. And we studied last week what family is, what family isn't, and so we could really see how God, number one priority, is going to influence everything else on the list. Whatever is number one in your priority list is going to have an influence on everything else. So let's say, let's say God is number three, work is number one. Now you've got work influencing your priority of God, right? So to have everything in the right order, it's really, really important. This morning, we are going to look at the third priority in your Christian walk, in your Christian life, and that is the priority of church. Now, I wonder how many people, how many people today would say, okay, if church is supposed to be number three, um, I wonder how many of us have to reorganize even to get church to number three. So I'm going to talk more than just about being here on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. It, it, it's, it's deeper than that. We all probably are going to want to reposition this priority and get it into the right place. Today we're going to travel with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, he started a lot of churches through his three missionary journeys in different cities. And what he would do is he would move to another city, but he would write letters back to the churches that he had been to before and he had set up. And we're going to see this. We're going to see some of his writings. And just like the churches that he started, they all had a command. They all had a goal. And very similar to ours, they had a job to go out and to tell other people in their community about Jesus and bring them in so they can continue to teach others about Jesus and they can save souls, they can live together forever with God in heaven. That was their job. That is our job. But see, what happens is this. That means you always have new people coming into the church at different stages in their, in their growth, in their, in their faith walk. You literally have people coming that yesterday had nothing to do with the church, nothing at all, and now they're stepping into the church for the first time and really don't know much, right? And we deal with that a lot. And honestly, the people that who were in these churches to begin with, they were, a lot of them were either Greek or, or the served pagan gods, or maybe they were Jewish, but it was new to them as well. And so Paul is, is saying, he, he's telling them, we've got to leave our old life so that we, this church can build this new culture and, and we can reach new people, we can reach more people. But, but let me ask you this, how can we leave our old life when we don't leave our old life? Kind of difficult, right? So that's what Paul is going to tell us. He writes this in Hebrews chapter 10. And he's talking to a group of 
former Jews who, have, who are, are, are following Christ now, and I'm in Hebrews 10, verse number 25, says, and, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Paul had seen people in his ministries who had tinkered with the church. I kind of go sometimes, or I get involved sometimes, and then they kind of, uh, maybe, maybe they, they fall apart. Maybe they, they, they tinker out, and they, they, they're like, okay, this, you know, I'm, I'm done. And Paul had even seen churches who actually started to decide, you know what, well, we don't have to meet together. We really don't. We can, we can do this uh, another way. And, and so the churches actually stopped meeting together. And we see that in our modern age. Some churches still have not come back in person from online from the pandemic. Some are still working on, 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 on reaching and, and focusing on this online audience. And we do, we're broadcasting right now because we know that there are, there are some people there and there's some people that'll pick up the sermon and the notes a, a little bit later on. But Paul is saying, let's not neglect meeting together. King Solomon was King David's son, and he reigned after King David, and he writes this, and you've probably heard this. This is in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse number 12. Solomon writes this, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know what happens when we are alone? That's when we face temptation, when we are alone. That's when, when we know that there is nobody watching us, when we know that, that there's no accountability, that's when temptation really comes and really grabs us. And Solomon says, he says, you stand alone and you are easily attacked. All it takes is somebody who is stronger than you. That's it. And it might not be physically stronger than you. It might somebody, be somebody who's emotionally stronger than you. Or do you know anyone who has a stronger personality than you, right? We all know those people, right? It takes that person and, and could sometimes knock us down if, if our confidence and our strength isn't there by ourselves. But two people... That's a little bit better than just by ourselves, right? When, when, when we are the variable and we add one other person, now we have strengthened our, ourselves. We have somebody there with us. But what if, what if now it's two people and you're up against an entire group, you're up against an entire army, you're up against an entire movement and you're two? Well, um, Solomon says a triple braided cord, three, that's not easily broken. But what if you had a thousand in a braided cord? You know what we call that? We call that a rope. A rope is not too easily broken. You take rope and you take kite string, right? 
Your rope is definitely stronger. You know why? There's more strands in there. It's tightened together. There is more. But you stand alone and we are, well, we're, we're weak. We can really be weak when we are alone. I want you to write this down. This is point number one in your notes this morning. For those of you joining us for the first time, on the back of your bulletin, there's going to be some fill-in-the-blanks. Those are going to be up here on the screen, and I will give you those fill-in-the-blanks, and I'd ask you to write those down. Take your notes, put them on your refrigerator this week, keep them close by. Point number one in your notes is this. God knows that you need community, fellowship, and belonging. God knows that. You need community, you need fellowship, and you need belonging. Nobody was ever made to be alone. We all crave the desire to belong, to belong to, to someone, to belong to something. And this goes back to the very beginning of the Bible. I'm taking us back to Genesis. I'm in chapter number two, verse number 18. Then the Lord said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. This is in the garden, right? One guy, God says it's, you know what? Being by yourself, not right. I'm going to make you some company so that now you can form and inform a, a, a family. I've already mentioned online sermons this morning. And it, it did, it became very popular. It became very popular during the pandemic. And some of us had to watch online. Some of us had to preach online. But before that, many pastors would cringe when we would hear things like this. Somebody would say, I'm really, really busy on Sundays. So I, I, I go to church on, on YouTube and I get fed that way. Let me tell you something. You don't get fed that way. That's not the way that, 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 that it, was, it was meant. Does, does YouTube church count? Does listening to a sermon on, on a radio, is, does that, that count? Does a, oh, get this, does a Facebook scripture of the day count as your daily intake or as church? to you. And these three things, some people will say, you know what? I'm okay. I can do this on my own. I'm just going to incorporate these things in. I'm going to watch a sermon here and there. I'm going to listen to uh, a, a radio. And there's nothing wrong with those. But those are not church. I would be asking this. If you're one of those that, that you have that pop-up, that verse of the day pop-up, but you're not but you're not at church. You're just trying to, to grow on your own. But when, when that scripture pops up, I would ask this, what, is that, what does that scripture mean to you? Who, who do you have that, that you're working through that with? Who is your pastor? See, there's a difference between a preacher and a pastor. A, a, a preacher is, is somebody who could stand in front of a stand in front of a crowd and deliver a message of, of some sort. That's a, a, a preacher, but a, a pastor is different. A pastor is a shepherd. 
Uh, a shepherd is there to care for his sheep, right? He looks out for his sheep. He knows when his, when his sheep are in trouble. He knows when his sheep are getting close to the edge. He will, he will guide his sheep into safety. YouTube preacher can't do that. He's on YouTube. Now, does YouTube preacher know who you are? Well, probably not. Does YouTube preacher try and call and check in? Probably, probably not. Let's say this, what if you're watching YouTube preacher, and again, I'm not saying that you can't get content. Please be careful on YouTube, because as much truth as there is in this world, anyone can put up a video, right? Anyone can make a video and put it up. But YouTube preacher, if you need something, let's say you come to Christ at that moment, is that, is, is that preacher going to answer the phone or maybe just send you an email hoping that you're going to click on some links and, and come closer to Christ that way? So who is it that, that you're going to tell if we're alone and we're just trying to feed ourselves off of what is available. Where do we go for more information? If we're trying to just get our intake by ourselves and alone. You know what happens to sheep without a shepherd? They get hurt. They get lost. They, get, they fall into, into danger. They, they, they get eaten by wolves and lions and bears. We see that in, in this area of, of the Bible in, in where, where Jesus was raised. We saw that in, in Bethlehem where David was raised. That's what he did. He was a shepherd and he fought off animals that were coming over after the flock. Sheep are weak. And sheep actually have zero defense mechanism. They don't. A lot of other animals have a defense that they can, sheep can't do anything. They don't run fast. They don't scare you away by putting up a bunch of feathers. They don't, they don't do anything. Sheep are very vulnerable and even more so by themselves. They're easy to attack by themselves. Think about it, everything out in the wilderness, everything out in the wilderness for the sheep and for us alone is more potent than we are. There's danger everywhere, everywhere. There is forceful, potent danger coming our way. The only thing that sheep have to protect them is a shepherd. That's what they have, and that's what they rely on. I want to start with the first, first church. I'm in Acts chapter 1. I'm in verse number 14. It says, they all met together, and they were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. I want to stop and I want to look at the first four words. They all met together. It was the first church, okay? They're coming. They all met together. If you follow me or you follow the church on Instagram, you know that we've been asking questions throughout this series on priorities. And 
We'll get comments. Some people will comment and answer the question, and feel free to do that, because we do. We read the comments. But one of the questions recently was what I just asked you a minute ago. Does YouTube church count? And the responses that came in mainly had this theme. Yeah, it does. The church isn't a building. The church is the people. You don't need a building to have a church. In a way, understandable. But the, without the people, the church does not exist. And without a place for the church to exist, the, the people can't come right? That's why we meet here, and we've got a time that we come, and we meet here is so that as a family, we can come together. Proverbs 27, verse number 17 says this, and you've heard this before too, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Who's heard that one before? Jan, we've heard that in groups, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. How can you sharpen iron or how can you be sharpened if there is no iron around you if there are no friends around you if there are no people around you to help sharpen you or for you to help sharpen others it says a friend sharpens a friend not a website sharpens a friend that's not where we're to go and rely on that's not, our, that's not our job. There are people who have been put in your life to help us through this. And it's important to us that, that we are sharpening ourselves and we are sharpening our fellow Christians in faith because there is, there's a lot of trouble out there and we need each other. I want you to write this one down too. This is point number two in your notes this morning. God knows an aggressive unspiritual community wants you to join their family. God already knows that a very aggressive, ungodly community wants you to join their family. Let me tell you something. You, everyone here, you are worthy to be accepted and you are worthy to be accepted by a by a a family of sinners in this world and some people will say you know what i'm not i'm not i'm not good enough for for jesus i'm not good enough for the for the church and, and we tell ourselves that God's not telling us that Jesus isn't telling us that but we tell ourselves that and you know what's what we do then and it becomes very very easy to find to find a family to find a group that we are good enough for it says okay you know I I am accepted here and they will tell you that you are good enough and they will tell you that yeah come on in you know you're accepted you're accepted here when we're not listening to Jesus when we're not following these priorities you are always going to find a local chapter of the immoral that is going to accept you and bring you into that fold I've told you there are so many dangers now, why did God create the church? Wow, that's really important. It's important to have that. See, their families and their groups 
that looked very, very similar to a church. Some of them might even call themselves a church, but, but there's dogmas associated with, with other groups and they like to meet under a cause. They like, they, you know, they'll, they'll come together. They will, they will eat together. They will fellowship together and they will come together to promote their cause and they can be a group under whatever it is, whatever the banner is. Sometimes this world and can do a better job of bringing people together of a like kind and creating a place to belong. Sometimes the world can do that better than the church can. And it's kind of sad. Sometimes the church struggles with that. We're not meant to struggle with that. But if we're not careful and we start looking around, and we're not looking at Christ, we start looking around, you will find somebody that says, you are welcome here. Absolutely, that's what, that's what happens here. I promise you. And what you have is, is, is people and, and, and leaders who create their own dogma, or, or maybe it's the, their own kind of twisted type of religion or, or cause, and they will speak boldly, and they will encourage others to follow them and to follow, follow their flag, and, 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 and everyone, you know, marching with them for whatever this cause is. And, and this group of people now are, are following something, and some might actually some might actually call themselves a, a, a church. That has happened before. And they might disguise themselves as godly when they obviously are not. But I want you to see what Paul writes. Because he, he talks about this too. I am in Corinthians, I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 11, verse number 13. Paul writes this. These people are false apostles. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I'm not surprised. Even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it's no wonder that his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. In the end, they'll get their punishment for their wicked deeds. Isn't that amazing how God already addresses concerns that we're going to fall into, areas that we're going to fall into thousands of years later, and there's already an answer for it. He's already given us an answer for it. In his book, you see that Satan knows how to take a group and to shiny up this, this, this area and, and, and make it pretty and sparkling in the public square and then to go and find servants and find people that will, will grow closer to it. You, you know why? You know why we grow closer to them? Because we are alone. We feel that we are alone. We feel that we don't belong anywhere. And this world's going to come and say, hey, come and join us. Come and join us. You belong here? Come on in. And that happens when we are alone. And sometimes we're alone because you questioned God at one point. Maybe you didn't see it right away. Maybe you didn't see that miracle that you were asking for. And you say, ah, you know what, God, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Or and this happens often, you tell yourself something about God that God didn't tell you. 
God's told you about himself in the book, in, in his word. But sometimes what we like to do is we like to say, oh, well, God is like this and, and God is like that. And, and did God say he was like that? Sometimes we assign things to God that aren't necessarily there and then we get disappointed because, because somebody gets to you that is not a group of Christians. It happens when we are alone. That's why we need a strong group of Christians around us, and that is the church. That is priority number three, so we don't fall. It's not about Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., we face a lot of temptations individually. I know you do. We all do. But we also face a lot of temptations socially. But you know what Satan likes to do? He likes to go after our sins. He likes to go after our need to belong. And I promise you, he has already created a place for you to belong. He's been working on that for a long time because this group he's created, whatever it is, whatever it is, is going to tell you that, that Christ will not accept you the way that you are or the way that you have made you. He's going to say, they're going to say, you know what, the church isn't going to accept you with that baggage. It's what they're going to tell you. Come on in. Bring your package. Come on. See, we tell ourselves, and then we start listening in the wrong spots, and then we get ourselves off track. Let me tell you something about Christians. Christians aren't perfect. And even Christians sometimes don't, they don't want to live the way that they live. They don't, sometimes they, they, we recognize that we are growing. But see, here's the thing. Christians, we're growing together. We're growing together in Christ. There is a direction. Paul writes this to his apprentice named Timothy. I am in uh, 2 Timothy verse number, uh, chapter 4, verse number 3. He writes this, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And they will reject truth and chase after myths. Wow. Isn't this the same thing we were just looking at a minute ago? Is God's already pointing out things that we are going to struggle with, things that we're going to come across? There's a time that people are not going to listen to wholesome and sound teaching, but they will listen to whatever it is that they want to listen to. They'll listen to whatever it is that tells them that they want to hear. Does that sound like our, 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 our country? Does that sound like our world today? There is wholesome teaching, and then there is noise. Noise can get really, really loud. Wholesome teaching can get really, really truthful and will stay, stay really, really truthful. It might not be as loud as this noise. It's there. But sometimes we tell ourselves, 
you know what? We belong over here because it makes us feel good. It makes us, it makes us feel better. And we want to find a place that's going to align with how we feel or what we think. Not so much that's going to align with truth, but which is going to align with something that makes us comfortable. You will find that place. I promise you. You tell yourself, I'm this way, and I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to join with others that are, that are this way, or whatever it happens to be in your life. You will find that group. I promise you. Because we all have itching ears. We want to hear whatever it is that we want to hear. Whatever that is, you will find somebody telling you on YouTube that it's fine, that it's okay. I promise you, you will. Will you find it in God's Word? Probably not. Maybe not. He'll give us direction through it. When you find that person in that group, wherever that is, that you feel comfortable belonging and you come closer to them and then, and then your, your, your lifestyle comes closer to them, what we are doing, what we are really doing here is we are rejecting the truth and Paul says we're chasing after myths. The only way we follow the world, you cannot grow closer to Christ and closer to this world at the same time. You can't do them both. So if we are growing closer to this world, we have to be rejecting truth. We can't have them both. Let me tell you something about you. You are worthy to be accepted by Jesus just the way you are. Did you hear that? You are worthy to be accepted by Jesus. Jesus has also already been preparing a place for you to belong. He has been preparing an invitation. He's had this invitation for you to say, come and belong here. But see, this is where people get hung up. They think, they think I'm, not, I'm not good enough. Or they think that, that well, you know what? If, if, if I accept Christ's invitation and I go and I be part of the church, that, that Jesus is going to change my life. And, and let me tell you something. Christ will change your life. And that's not a bad thing. Please don't sit back and say, oh, I'm scared about that. That is not a bad thing at all. When we come to Christ, we recognize that there is a difference in the way that we have been living and the way that we need to be living. Watch this. I'm in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. It'll be up on the screen. And, and this is... This is Paul again writing, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You want to know what the world's will for you is? I can promise you this. It's not good or pleasing or perfect. 
Only God has those ready for you. And he, 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 says, he says, listen, but this is going to require you to change the way you think. We don't come to Christ expecting to, to grow in the church and be the same person we were when we got here. Life will change, and that's natural. That's supposed to happen when we come to Christ. Is, is being a Christian going to change your life? Absolutely it will. Do, do you deep down, do you deep down want your life to be changed? I'm going to answer this for you. Absolutely. I think we all do. Are you willing to let Jesus change your life right now? That's up to you. With all of your flaws, with all of your baggage, with all of your, your, your junk, with, with all of our hard hearts, Christ has already accepted you into a family that he leads. There's not an earthly movement. There is not a, an earthly leader. No, Christ leads this family. And let me tell you about this family and especially those who are in the church, this family wants you. They want to get to know you. They want to, they want to, to love on you. They want to be part of your life. They want you to be part of, of their life. We are, we are here and, and we, are, we are all going to be a different person a year from now than we are right now. We are growing together. Bring your baggage. We are all here to proclaim the truth. That's what we do as a church and as a family. Watch this. I'm in John chapter 14, verse number six. This is one of the most important verses in the entire Bible. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It doesn't matter what the world tells you. It doesn't matter what another faith group might, might tell you. Christianity is exclusive. I want you to hear that. Christianity is exclusive. It doesn't matter what anyone else says. There is only one way to the Father, and that is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other lowercase g God that is going to get you there. That's not going to happen. You cannot be a good enough person for that to happen. There is only one way. And this world is going to tell you differently. They're going to tell you, you know, if, if, if you are a great community citizen, yeah, if, if, if you're a good person, if you're involved enough with, with us, you know, we'll get you on the right track. That's what the world will tell you. Write this down. Point number three in your notes is this. Satan has prepared a community and a place for you to belong. Satan has already prepared a place for you to belong. Does this sound familiar? I just told you a minute ago that God has prepared a place for you to belong, right? Wow, Satan's already prepared that place also. Jesus was born on earth a little over 2,000 years ago. God has been here much longer than that. He, God has been loving you and knowing you and planning for you and, and, 
for so long. Do you know how long that Satan has been creating a place for you to belong? Longer than you can imagine. And not only is he creating a place for you to belong, he will create many places that will reach out to you and say, come belong here, come belong to us. He has been preparing this ever since he fell. Satan was an angel once, fell from grace. Ever since that day, he has been working to capture your soul. That's what he wants. He has prepared a community for you, Satan has. And he has prepared them very well. And let me tell you, they are very well organized. Whoever they are that is coming after you, they're not easy to miss. There's a, that group, there's, there's something out there everywhere. You could find a community that Satan has created for you to belong in anywhere you go. It doesn't matter where you move. You're going to find that that local chapter of the immoral is going to be there ready for you to come in. But here's the thing. Satan wants you to belong to a group that he has created, but he does not love you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't. But he wants you to love him. He wants you to love his creation of this group to belong to. With Christ, it's different. Because he has loved you since before you were even born. He has loved you since before time even began. He has loved you for so long. Satan and his army and his communities, they'll create a place for you to belong. And, and, that, and that place is going to thrive and live off of fear. It's going to live off of your solitude. It's going to live off of your insecurities. It's going to live off of your shame. That's where they grab you. That's how they get you, is focusing on your sins and focusing on your fears. Let me tell you something about the church. The church is not perfect. It's not. We're not. I asked this a couple of weeks ago. Did anyone come in here today and hang their halo up on the hat rack? Right? We didn't. We're not perfect here. But there is a place to belong. We are all growing together. You've heard the expression that a church is a hospital for souls, right? If we as a church are a hospital for souls, wouldn't it be fair to expect that everyone here, every single person is broken? And we are here to spiritually heal. That's why we come together as a, as a church family. There's people that say, oh no, I don't go to church. Yeah, everyone there is hypocrites. They're sinners also. Yeah, we are sinners also. But we're growing. We're working on getting better. We're working on growing closer to Christ. We're working on, watch this, obedience to Christ. The church doesn't want your money. The church doesn't want your, your devotion to the church. Christ doesn't, he, he's, he's not here demanding for you to do this. All he wants is your obedience. That's what Christ wants from us. The reason that this group of Christians is growing and has never been snuffed out. Never. 
since it started is because we know who our leader is. I'm in John chapter 6, verse number 37. I've got two more scriptures and I'll wrap up and let you go. However, those the Father has given me, the Father has given Jesus, will come to me and I will never reject them. The moment that you join one of these earthly chapters of the immoral, you're going to be accepted under conditions as long as you, and fill in the blank, as long as you adhere to the dogma of this group, as long as you keep coming to the meetings, as long as your posts keep promoting whatever it is that this group promotes, you will be accepted then until you stop. Will that group ever not ex accept you anymore? Yeah, when you turn and you follow Christ, they might not accept you anymore. And let me tell you, that's okay. They have limits on their acceptance. Christ does not. There's no limits on his acceptance. You have a place to belong here. Here at church, you have a seat at the table. You have a voice here. And there is an expectation here at the church that we are all growing closer to Christ together, that we're not going to be who we are in a year. We're going to be somebody different. That's holding each other accountable. That's what we do, is we grow together. This place has been prepared for you longer than you can imagine. Think about that. Priority number three, church, it's not for Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. It's because your first priority is God, your second priority is family, and God knows you need a place to belong, and he has created a safe place for you to belong. Because if you get this wrong, it influences everything else in your life. See, your behaviors show your priorities. And it's through our behaviors that we show what is important to us, who is influencing us. and shows others what is important. The fourth and final point in your notes is this. You are never alone. You choose who is in your company. That's your choice. Who is in your company? Who is in your circle? Nobody makes that choice for you. You pick who it is who you hang out with. You pick what meetings you go to. You pick who influences. You pick the person in the group that gets close to you. You pick who you spend time with. You choose what is important to you. And there's so many family members here who want to be important to you. If church is in priority place number three, that very well may mean that whatever is there right now needs to be reprioritized somewhere else. God's created this for you. He's created a church family for you to belong to because he knows we need 
to belong. And we are going to seek that. And we're going to find it somewhere. And God created very early a place for us to belong so that we don't get trapped in a place that we don't need to be. Will you pray with me?